Conference each. Game two of the series tonight. Coverage starts 6.30. You'll hear it live here ESPN 950-102-7 FM. Squirrel strike out a season-high 16 times, lose 5-3 to Erie. That was in the series opener at the Diamond. Seawolf starter Bo Burrows punched out a career-high 10 batters in the game. Game two tonight starting at 7.05. NASCAR in Pocono this weekend for the second time this season. Qualifying not until Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. That'll be four hours before the green flag drops on the Monster Energy Series race. You're up to date now on the Richmond Sports Center approaching 12.01 live at Washington Redskins Training Camp. Mitchell Bradley on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. The 2017 Lexus NX exemplifies the perfect blend of form, function and performance in a package fit for the trail or the town. The NX leaves nothing behind with ample cargo space. Refined yet rugged, the 2017 NX has set the standard by which all other crossovers are judged. Take advantage of savings on the LUV of your dreams during Lexus of Richmond's Golden Opportunity Sales Event. You're listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins Training Camp on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the ESPN 950 app, available for your Android and iPhone. This is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue Midday Show with Matt and Andrew. Buzz and Ned's Wheel Barbecue, just a few blocks from training camp. Stop by for award-winning Hickory Smoked Barbecue Ribs Chicken and Signature Pulled Pork Sandwiches. Voted Best Barbecue in the City of Richmond, the State of Virginia, and soon to be the South. 1119 North Boulevard, 8205 West Broad Street, or online at buzzandneds.com. Good afternoon, everybody. The uh, Buzz and Ned's a Midday Show, ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. Matt Josephs, Andrew Wallace here taking up to 2 o'clock. It is a bit uh, rainy here out at Redskins camp. Uh, some fans sitting here enjoying uh, the peace and the quiet, and, and it's a little less uh, hot right now as we uh, kind of in that midday part uh, before the afternoon practice at 3 o'clock. So there's plenty of time and room if you're thinking of coming out here. There are places to eat if you wanted to, and there are some things to do if you're bringing kids. So, uh, yeah, and probably there will be parking available if you want to head on over now in between the sessions. But uh, we got some good stuff coming up here on the show. Coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so, uh, we continue our opponent previews. Week number two for the Washington Redskins. Andrew, a long trip out west to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And, oh, a good friend, Sean McVay. A familiar face certainly will be interesting as the master takes on the apprentice to quote Star Wars here already earlier on the show. So we're... You know we're rolling when I'm doing that, so it'll be fun to see Jay Gruden, who'll be calling plays against, well, Sean McVay. Exactly. 425 uh, September 17th. So we will have uh, Rich Hammond on the show. Covers the Rams for the Orange County Register, the Los Angeles Daily News, and all of Southern California News Group. He is a member of the Pro Football Writers Association. We'll talk to Los Angeles Rams. Uh, what to expect from Jared Goff. Uh, what's the talk been like out there with Kirk Cousins? Because obviously that's one of the potential destinations that people were mentioning if Kirk doesn't stay here. Um, he, they've got a very good defense. And what's the kind of the fan reaction been to the Rams? This is year two of the Los Angeles Rams, and anybody really care? I think that's one of the themes that we've heard from our good buddy Jeff Perlman, who has come on and spoken about that at length. And my question for the Rams is the same as yours. Offensively, how do they develop? I am not a Jared Goff guy. I really 
I wouldn't say I dislike Jared Goff, but I just don't think he's as talented as people make him out to be. It's tough to sell me someone as the next Aaron Rodgers based off of the college they went to as the main headline in terms of why you're making that comparison. So I'm not a big Goff guy, so certainly possible for a landing spot for Kirk Cousins, but don't think the Rams are going to have a lot of success this year. Uh, that will be uh, at 12.15. 12.45, our first of uh, many segments, whether it's on the or hardly working with Jamie Eisenberg of CBSSports.com. If you've got a fantasy football question, you could call in 6220950 or just give Andrew and I a tweet at MidMajorMatt at AWOL ESPN, and we will try and get your question answered. Today mostly will be just generic stuff, kind of getting back into the fantasy football thing, and we're also going to give away a couple of magazines because they, uh, CBS Sports people, have uh, made a magazine this year. So finally, if you want Jamie Eisenberg's knowledge, you can take it with you wherever you may go. So uh, Andrew and I will devise a contest for the people maybe who are here or are listening to uh, come up to the tent and say something to us maybe, and you'll get a copy of the CBS Sports Fantasy Football Magazine. Uh, today's position battle will be the running backs. Uh, we kind of talked about it yesterday during our generic look at the uh, position battles. Uh, running back is one of those places where we kind of know who's going to make it, but we don't know where they're going to line up. Yeah, it's interesting because it's probably the position where if you just look at the depth chart, it doesn't really matter who's one, two, or three because early on in the season, I would say the first four to six weeks of the year, you're just going to see Pretty even rotation between three names, Samaj P. Ryan being the guy everybody's talking about. Everyone's excited. He's the unknown factor. The next name, Chris Thompson, proven veteran. You know what you're going to get out from him in terms of a pass catcher and speed once you get to the edge. And then Rob Kelly, who I spoke to earlier today out on the field, said he lost some weight. So you, I don't know if we can call him Fat Rob anymore. I don't think he likes that nickname. He does not. Like so that I'm probably going to stop referring to him as that because he can. Uh, he's a football player, and I'm just a lowly radio host. You so. know how he knows that, or we know that he doesn't like that nickname. How do we know? Because Jay Gruden calls him that all the time in the podium, very sarcastically with a sheepish grin. So you know that he's not a big fan of the nickname when Gruden is constantly repeating it. Speaking of the podium, uh, we will also at some point, whether it's at 12.30, 1.15, whatever it is, uh, over our two hours, we will play Josh Norman at the podium. He had a lot of interesting things to say, and we will uh, recap what he had to say out at the podium. Um, that will be at some point during the show. We will also take you around the league. We, you know, we, we kind of started our Around the League segment yesterday, and Charlie Cassidy came to the booth, so we kind of cut it short. So we will take a look at um, some of the local guys around the league, take a look at some of the headlines around the league as uh, more and more teams are uh, heading to camp. I believe it's three or four more teams reported today, so we will get into that. And uh, we could take your phone calls, emails, texts, and tweets. Uh, look, today, knock on wood so far, thankfully, no headlines other than it rained a little bit. Nobody went down. There was no sort of Jordan Reed-like bombs or anything like that. So the morning walkthrough was productive. Um, and, look, as we've said, you know, I actually had a chance to talk to both Spencer Long and uh, Vincent Painter about um, what these walkthroughs accomplished. Because if you're the common fan, you sit here and watch, you're like, oh, what exactly is actually going on? They're just walking through. Nobody's touching anybody. Nobody's tackling. But – it's the mental reps, and that's what we've heard from everybody we've talked to, that while it doesn't look like much, going through the motions is very important. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of plays in the NFL playbook, so it really helps these guys to be able to visualize them before they're actually going out there and running them at full speed. So that's pretty much the important aspect of these practices. The other thing as well is kind of just seeing who's going to be around you because in the NFL year-to-year, -year, there's a lot of roster turnover, especially – 
with the Redskins this year. There's a lot of new names, new faces, and even some changed-up jersey numbers. So it just kind of helps everybody to get acclimated with their surroundings. And sure, you're right, it's not really super sexy for the fans to come out here and see what's going on in the walkthrough. But it is important for these these players and for the coaches also as well to have an idea of what the depth chart's going to be. Uh, I also want to get into a little bit of uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech football. Virginia Ooh. is starting their uh, camp today. Well, not camp. They're starting their uh, workouts today. Workouts you know, they're, as we get ready for the football season, I'm trying to look up Virginia Tech to see if they're starting today as well. But um, I think that, uh, you know, there's some things to look forward to with both teams, and I think there are some uh, stuff not to necessarily. There's a, a talk here that I love these things. Can I tell you future scheduling is my favorite thing? Virginia Tech and BYU are playing a home-and-home home in 2026 and 2030. Mm. So um, let's just figure that out for a second. So if it's 2026 and 2030, are those kids even born? No, no. Twenty. Yeah, they're like in they're like in elementary, elementary school. school yeah. So kids that want to go play tech football, uh, you can look forward to a game against BYU in 2026 yeah, I mean, and 2030. Who knows if Bronco Mendenhall is still around? Then there's going to be a, a lot of unhappy. Mormons potentially oh when UVA loses oh to Tech God. in 2026 Good and then more. Tech beats BYU. Uh, and then also Liberty uh, announced a five-game football series with Virginia Tech and two more against the Monarchs. Uh, Virginia Tech will be going to Williams Stadium 2022 and 2030. Wow. Uh, and then they're getting an additional home game against Old Dominion 2021. The big story with Liberty was how much money they are paying ODU to come to Liberty and be their opening game. I think I saw it was, what, a million dollars? Liberty is paying ODU a million dollars to bring them to Lynchburg for the very first game as, a, as you know, Liberty as an FBS program. I'll tell you what, Matt, they're ambitious, those Flames are right now. They're trying to do whatever they can in order to get into the prominent level of college football there. This is surprising to me because usually I get the ODU thing, right? but, but for a home-and-home home with Tech, that's surprising because usually a big-time program, Power 5, program doesn't do the home and home but tech i mean tech's playing at odu but i think it's also for recruiting purposes i think you know tech is going to odu i mean look let's oh, be yeah, honest yeah. tech is not going to lose at odu i'm sure in whatever year that's happening but it gets them an opportunity to be in the 757 it gets them an opportunity i don't know what the area code is for for liberty but it gets them to be in another part of the state you know how many tech fans are going to descend upon those stadiums it's going to sound like a tech home game it's going to be great atmospheres but yeah if you're the Hokies, you're not really too worried about playing at Liberty, I'm sure. Nah, the Hokies do travel well, and as you indicated, there's probably a lot of alums already in both those areas. Uh, other headlines today, the Nats are hosting the Rockies tonight, 7.05. Uh, Nats had a good one yesterday. Uh, we kind of talked about it because it was on while we were on, but uh, Nats had some big-time hits, some big-time home runs. Tanner Rourke's on the mound. Our coverage begins at 6.30 here on ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. Squirrels are home if, uh, if the weather holds up tonight. Uh, the squirrels will be home, so uh, that'll be good over at the Diamond. I'm not optimistic, though. Uh, I'm not optimistic either. I, You know, the next two days. I mean, uh, tomorrow it's supposed to rain as well, and tomorrow they've got, um, you know, they are here at uh, the training camp tomorrow for Military Appreciation Day. They've got two sessions tomorrow, so that'll be uh, uh, exciting to look forward to. Um, NASCAR qualifying is on Sunday down in Pocono. They already moved that. I guess there's been some weather issues in Pocono. So um, NASCAR qualifying is uh, – oh, it's always then? Okay, it's always then. 
didn't know that they would have qualifying the same day as the race. So that's kind of the headlines. Uh, of course, we are here at Redskins training camp, and uh, we've got a lot to get into. Let's take a timeout. Coming up, week two of the uh, Redskins schedule, a trip out to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. We will get a report live from Rich Hammond. You're listening to the City Dog, or the Midday Show, presented by Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue with two locations. The original, just a block from training camp at 1119 North Boulevard, or the newest location, 8205 West Broad Street in the West End. You're listening to ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. Live from Washington Redskins training camp, this is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue Midday Show with Matt and Andrew. On ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Why do we love pizza so much? Is it the hot and gooey mozzarella cheese? The fresh baked dough? The fact that we get to choose our toppings and crust? We know you love pizza, and your friends at Papa John's want you to get your pizza without ever paying full cost again. As an ESPN 950 listener, you can save 30% off any menu item when you order online at papajohns.com and enter the promo code ESPN950. That's pizzas, breadsticks, wings, and desserts online at papajohns.com. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's. I should just let them know it's gone there. Now check it. You need a lawyer that's affordable, that's all grind. You hit the audible and followed in the wrong line. Ain't nothing worse than problems hitting at the wrong time. So pick up your phone and hit Big Al up on this phone line. You get the run around when you get in the accident. Get all your info and make sure you get the facts and then hit a Big Al where he can get you the maximum. Call 1 800 her 123 and ask for him. 1-800-HER-123. More missing children, psychic phenomena, and things that go bump in the night. The more energy she uses, the more tired she gets. From the Entertainment Tonight newsroom in Hollywood, I'm Nancy O'Dell with the ET Radio Minute. Netflix's Stranger Things is a science fiction horror series set in the fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana, and season one, released last year, has been a smash hit. It picked up a Screen Actors Guild Award for outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series and has received 18 nominations for the upcoming 69th Primetime Emmys. It was my son. I, I know it. Season two will begin streaming this fall, and 13-year-old star Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven on the series, is keeping any secret she knows pretty close to the vest. Millie, what can you tell me about Eleven in season two? Nothing. <laughs> Eleven's nemesis in season one was played by full metal jacket star Matthew Modine, the evil Dr. Brenner, who controls Eleven, but tells E.T. he thinks his wicked ways are misunderstood. Well, it depends on how you define evil. You know, if you go back and look at the season, he's never forcing her to do something. He's asking her. He's instructing her. So what can he tell us about season two? I don't know anything about season two. You know, for those people who haven't seen the last episode of season one, um, we don't know what happened to Dr. Brenner. So my answer about that is, how do you define dead? The nine-episode Stranger Things Season 2 begins streaming October the 27th on Netflix. From the Entertainment Tonight newsroom in Hollywood, I'm Nancy O'Dell. I'm Dana Lash with NRA Carry Guard. I carry my firearm every day. I pray I'll never be forced to use it. But if I do, I know NRA Carry Guard will have my back. 
I can choose up to a million dollars in insurance-backed protection, plus a special attorney referral network to give me the representation I need. Learn more and sign up today at nracarry.com or call 1-866-NRA-1234 to become an NRA Carry Guard member today. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-501-3689 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-501-3689 for your free author submission kit. Again, 800-501-3689. Come to the new fan event, Celebration in the End Zone. Tuesday, August 1st from 5 to 8 p.m. after camp. Visit Celebration in the End Zone on Facebook for ticket info. NFC East rivals. Out of conference action. The NFL season is a 17-week climb. Who stands in the Redskins' path on their way to a playoff spot? This is today's opponent preview. Opponent preview. Welcome back. Midday show, ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. It is uh, quiet here at Redskins training camp, so it's time for the opponent preview. Week two, the Redskins make the long trek out west, take on an old friend with the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, joining us to preview the Rams of the Orange County Register and the L.A. Chairman. Rich, how's it going? That's great. Thanks for having me. Good, Rich. Uh, first off, what was the reaction amongst the media and the fans when uh, Sean McVay was announced as the hire of this team? You know, I think there's some initial surprise. I mean, any team that hires the youngest coach in, in NFL history is going to uh, you know, encounter some surprise in that. But I think over the previous couple of weeks, it's been. I mean, Sean had been, you know, established as a candidate first, and and then we learned that he did very well in his first interview, and and was brought back for a second interview. And and when we found that out, it kind of you know, it looked like things were trending that way. It looked like he was a very serious candidate. So when the announcement was made, I, I don't think there was too much surprise at that point. But certainly it was, you know, a meteoric rise from, from first finding out that he was simply a candidate uh, to, to him winning the job. But, uh, you know, everything that we've heard from the Rams, from, from Les Snead, from, from Kevin Demoff, and from everybody in the front office is that he just he just wowed them. You know, he came in for that first interview and and, uh, you know, they didn't have real high expectations, but, but he really kind of just blew him away in that first interview and, and not too long after that uh, landed the job. How shrewd was it for a guy like him that's really young to hire a guy like Wade Phillips who's respected in the NFL? Yeah, I think that was critical. And, you know, I think that was kind of the first step that they took. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense when you look at it. I mean, not only Sean being an offensive guy, Wade being a defensive guy, you know, older, younger, rookie coach, veteran coach, but also the personalities. I, I think it's going to be a really good mix. I mean, you, you guys know anybody, you know, any listeners who have heard Sean, he's such a kinetic personality. I mean, he's just full of energy and vibrant, bouncing all over the place. And, and Wade is very different. You know, Wade's this kind of slow-talking Texan, you know, kind of got this dry wit to him, you know, so... So it's a different thing. It's, it's a very different personality to, to play off of each other. And I, I think it works well. You know, Wade has come in and said, you know, I'm not going to be in Sean's ear all the time. I'm not going to tell him what he should do. But when
Wade has taken on the, the attitude of, I'm just going to be the sounding board. I'm going to be here if, if Sean needs me, if he needs advice. Uh, I'm going to be here, but but I'm not going to be out front about it. So I, I think it, it sets up as, as a real nice balance between the two of them. Let's start out with Wade's defense, and you look at the depth chart, and you know the names, Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn, uh, Tremaine Johnson. Uh, this is a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Can they keep it together? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very different look. So, you know, like you said, a lot of uh, familiar faces that are going to be in a little bit of different places, uh, changing from a 4-3 uh, to a 3-4, you know, means a little bit of a different role for Aaron Donald. Uh, it means a very different role for a uh, Robert Quinn, who's, you know, going to go from a, kind of a traditional defensive end to, to more of an outside linebacker now, kind of a stand-up position uh, where, where he can rush the passer. So, Rams have been very good on the defensive line in the last couple of years. They've, they've had some good depth there. Um, I think the question is whether or not they have enough depth, depth at linebacker, uh, especially in those middle positions. I think that's kind of where the defense hinges, uh, and also in the secondary. Uh, there's been some turnover there. Uh, you mentioned Tremaine Johnson as kind of the leader of that group. Uh, they, they lost Donald to free agency, so so that's a veteran guy who they have to kind of uh, make up for. Um, so there's a couple of holes to fill in the secondary, and uh, they, they need the, the depth of linebacker. But other than that, I, I think the talent is pretty good. And Wade Phillips has a history. You know, if you, if you look back at all his many, many stops, uh, he, he has a pretty good history as a quick turnaround guy. You know, he doesn't take a lot of time or need a lot of time uh, to, to show improvements on his defense. So I, I think that's what the Rams are uh, hoping for and, and maybe even expecting uh, in, in 2017. Talking with Rich Hammond of uh, the Orange County Register, the LA Daily News. Follow him on Twitter at Rich underscore Hammond uh, for all your Rams coverage. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, what have you seen early on from Jared Goff, and how important of a season is it for him? Oh, huge! I, I, I mean, last year was was such a weird season. I, obviously, he doesn't he doesn't win the starting job out of training camp like a lot of people expected that he would. Uh, you know, then he basically takes over midseason and and goes zero and seven, and uh, you know takes a ton of sacks and and looks a little bit out of sync there. So. Pretty much everything around Jared has changed. I mean, he, he still has Todd Gurley in the backfield. That's kind of the one constant. But everything else has changed. I mean, the entire coaching staff uh, gets, you know, refreshed. He, he now has guys who have more of a history of working with quarterbacks, not only Sean, but uh, offense coordinator Matt LaFleur, you know, worked with Matt Ryan for a while. Uh, you, you know, they've, they've got a good set of, of uh, offensive coaches all around. Um, Greg Olson can step in as a quarterback's coach. Uh, you know, even Aaron Cromer on the offensive line has, has some experience there. So he's surrounded by, I think, some, some better or at least better prepared um, coaches. The offensive line, big change. You know, two, two new starters brought in as, as free agents, new left tackle, new center. Uh, other guys moved around. He's going to have a new right tackle, probably a new right guard as well. Big changes there. Big changes in the receiving core, uh, bringing in Robert Woods, drafting Cooper Cup. Um, to, you know, they're changing two of their three receivers. So everything around Jared has changed. Now, whether that, you know, kind of a little bit of a chaotic situation when you think of it that way, but I, I think in every situation there's been upgrades. So I, I think all of those things that I just talked about have the potential to help Jared. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to him. He needs to show the improvement. He needs to show a command of that offense. Uh, he needs to show he can make those throws and stay in the pocket in tough situations. Um, so far, good signs, but you know we're really not going to know uh, until he gets into a, a serious game. 
So as part of our Kirk Cousins uh, talks here and, and, you know, about his future and everything, naturally our, our thoughts turn to the Los Angeles Rams with Sean McVay there. And as you mentioned, Matt LaFleur, have there been any rumors or rumblings that the Rams might be interested next year if Goff kind of falls on his face and Cousins becomes available? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, Sean and, and Kirk have a, a great history there. And I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, have some good chemistry. You know, I, I think they've invested a lot in Jared. And uh, I, I don't see it happening that quickly. I, I mean, you never know what can happen. Talk to me again in January. And, you know, if they go 2-14 and 14 or something, uh, you know, it might be a different story. But, you know, I, I think they've, they've invested a lot in Jared. They, they do genuinely like what they see. Uh, Sean has, has talked a lot about Jared's progress. I, I think he likes Jared. I don't think he would have taken the job uh, if he didn't have confidence in, in Jared and, and at least, you know, believe that he can mold him into uh, a quarterback. So, Going forward, you know, if we're looking at 2018, I, I really think the Rams, they, you know, they're, they're going to have other issues. They're, they're going to have some holes to fill, uh, certainly on defense and, you know, maybe even at receiver again. So um, I, I guess my answer to that would be if, if they're looking for a quarterback at the end of the season, then, then something has really, really gone wrong. Uh, talking to Los Angeles Rams with Rich Hammond of the Orange County Register, the L.A. Daily News. Follow him on Twitter at Rich underscore Hammond. Uh, the Rams have one of our favorite people here in Richmond, former Hokie Sam Rogers. Uh, how do you see him fitting in in terms of the offense and having a fullback there? Yeah, a real interesting draft pick, I thought, because, you know, you look at well, you look at NFL offenses in general and, and Sean McVay and, and Matt LaFleur in particular, and, and you wouldn't think, well, okay, they're going to line up in an I formation with Sam Rogers as a fullback. And uh, I still don't think that was the plan. Uh, yeah, I think they see him as a versatile guy who can, you know, catch balls out of the backfield. I think they really like his potential on special teams, which, which has been a great focus for the Rams in the last couple of years, that special teams unit probably has been the strength of the team if you want to boil it down. Uh, so I, I think they like the, the intensity that he brings to that. I think they like his leadership. Um, you know, he's a real stand-up guy. You know, I think will be a, a you know, potential team leader in that special teams role. And I, I think they can find ways to use him on offense, you know, not, not just as kind of your traditional, you know, lead blocking back, but I, I think he's a guy that can sneak out into – into open field and, and have him make plays. Now, you know, the challenge is to have that not be too predictable to where, you know, you see him on the field and you, you understand exactly what's going to happen. So they have to find a way to, to integrate him in, in, in some, uh, you know, some sneaky ways, I guess you could say. But I, I think they like the potential and uh, they like Sam. They, they think he's a you know, real bright guy and, and can have an impact. Being a town very familiar with FCS football, uh, we saw the selection of Cooper Cup and said, oh, that's, uh, that's going to be a really big selection. How do you see him fitting in this offense with a lot of wide receivers that kind of, you know, are around the same talent level? Yeah, you're right. That, that is the interesting question. You know, the, it all, the, the puzzle pieces are there. It's, it's just a question of, of where they were fit. And, and really, I think, I, and I'll get back to Cooper in a second, but I, I think a lot of it depends on Tavon Austin. You know, he's a guy who has a lot of potential, uh, you know, great, great speed, playmaker, big play. Um, but they, they haven't found exactly the right spot for him. They've kind of used him as kind of an inside guy, gadget-type player, you know, lining up in the backfield, jet sweeps, that sort of thing. I think they would like to have Tavon kind of play that Deshaun Jackson role. And that's, that's a, you know, a high level to get to. But I think they think he has that skill set and that ability to, to play like that. Uh, and if he can, then that opens up a nice spot for Cooper Cup to kind of be that more of an inside guy, great hands, toughness, you know, will we'll fight for every catch, uh, you know, 
NFL defensive backs. Um, you know, he had some good games against Pac-12 teams. He did very well against schools like Oregon and Washington State and had some of his better games, frankly, uh, against some of that higher competition. But this step up is enormous. I don't, I don't think anybody would pretend otherwise. So uh, the real question is, you know, what happens when, when he has to line up and create separation or battle against some of these top top cornerbacks and top safeties in the league? And the Rams think he can do it. Everything we've seen so far, he did very well in OTAs, uh, did very well in the offseason program. And, uh, I mean, so, so far so good, I guess is what you would say on that. But uh, there's, there's a big, big step yet to come. We've been asking all of our beat reporters about the Vegas over-under win totals. Five and a half for the Rams. Do you see them going over or under that? Yeah, I, I, I think that's about right. I mean, I, I, see the, I, I don't see them being an over-500 team. Uh, I, I really think, and this is going to sound like you know Captain Obvious here, but, but you look at the first couple games of the year, and I think they are real, real kind of bellwethers. You know, when you talk about playing Indianapolis, and Washington, and, and even throw in San Francisco in the, in week three. Uh, those are three games that really are going to set the tone. I know every NFL team says that, so I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is, you know, those are games that I think can go either way. Um, so if you look at the Rams coming out of those three games with a two and one record, or maybe even a three and L record, uh, you know, they could be on their way to something something decent. But you know, if, if they lose two of those games, or especially if they lose all three. Uh, then you know he could be headed toward another four and twelve you know nightmare season. So uh, I, I really think we're going to find out a lot about what these Rams are made of, um, especially in the first two weeks of the season. Make sure to follow his work on the Orange County Register and the uh, LA Daily News. Follow him on Twitter at rich underscore Hammond. Rich, thank you for joining us. We'll uh, check in again with you during the regular season. For sure. Thanks for having me. All right, so that's uh, week number two, a 425 road trip to Los Angeles. And uh, if just a quick recap, Andrew and I have uh, the Redskins at 1-0. Henny has the Redskins at 0-1 after the Eagles game. Uh, Andrew, win or loss for the uh, Skins? I think this is a win, Matt. I really am skeptical of the offense. I think this is a good, potentially get-right game for the defense, who I expect to limit the Rams to sub Two touchdowns, sub-14 points. I think the Week 1 matchup against the Eagles will be a little more offensive. So I, I'm going to pick D.C. in this one. Henny, what do you got? Redskins at the Rams Week 2. I'll go ahead and give it to Washington. All right, so you two both have wins. Uh, I really want to give this to be a loss. I do, because it's Sean McVay. It's a guy who's familiar. It's a good defense. It's an offense that's traveling. I, I, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the Redskins lose this game. Not so much that they're not the better team of the two, but the situation, flying west, week two. Uh, you know, I'm not very confident in Jared Goff, that's for sure, but right. I'm confident in the Rams' defense in like a 10-7 type game. Well, it could be a big one for Gurley, too. It could be a big one for Gurley. He's got to play better. He hasn't been very good so far his first two years because everybody's stacking the box. Um, I think situationally, I don't like this for the Redskins. I think they lose week two at uh, the Rams. I just don't know if week two is the week that a travel situation is really going to affect the Redskins too much. Oh, I know. I know. I I understand. But I'm just – it's a thing that – I don't know yet, and I need to figure out. You know, we you need to actually ask people like, does uh, does a coordinator know more about a team, or does a team know more about a coordinator? Like, you, I mean, you have to take that into account Ooh, here. Sounds like you're writing a voiceover preview. For, does the team? know Well, more? I just I'm just saying, like, you know, does the coordinator? You know, know looking over the whole schedule, you know, tomorrow we talk about the Raiders. 
who come to to uh, D.C. for a Sunday night game. Well, I'm going to be shocked if any of us pick the Redskins in that game. We'll see. That's okay. tomorrow. That's a tease. That's a tease. Uh, tomorrow we will do the uh, the Oakland Raiders. I have to make sure not to call them the Las Vegas Raiders because they're not there yet. Don't jump the gun. But it's the uh, Oakland Raiders tomorrow. We will do that during our show between 11 and 1. So everybody has uh, the Redskins at 1 and 1 except for Andrew, who has them at 2 and 0. Oh. Let's take a timeout. Uh, coming up, we will go around the league, uh, take a look at some NFL headlines and some players of interest. You're listening to The Midday Show, presented by Buzz Ned's Real Barbecue. You are listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins training camp on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Our coverage is brought to you by Patient First, Lexus of Richmond, and City Dogs Hot Dogs. This is Big Al. I'm sitting here with the barbecue baron of the boulevard and West Broad, and that's Buzz from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Who was Ned, and what influence did he have on you? Ned was a mentor. Ned spent some time with me, teaching me things that I needed to know, and he was one of the ones that wasn't very afraid of giving out some secrets. But I felt honored to put his name up there with me because a lot of the success is due to Ned. Of course, you've been a Richmond institution for 25 years. Tell us what you mean when you talk about Buzz and Ned's real barbecue. You know, when I started here in Richmond, there were a lot of barbecue places. They had uh, mostly gas cookers or electric cookers, and the art of real barbecue just wasn't there. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll open up a barbecue place, and I'll do it an old-fashioned way, a traditional way, the real way. There is nobody in Richmond that does it except for us. Two locations in town, as you know, 1119 North Boulevard, 8205 West Broad Street for Buzzing as Real Barbecue. This Sports Center update brought to you exclusively by Town Bank. Town Bank, this is your town. This is your bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Townbank.com. Local scores and the top headlines. Now to the Richmond Sports Center. Here's Mitchell Bradley. It is 1233. The Sprinkles have passed the sun back out at the Bon Secours Training Center, where the team will be back on the field at 3 o'clock this afternoon for a full practice. That following the morning walkthrough. Coverage continue until 6 o'clock today. Listen live all day on ESPN 950, 1027FM, ESPNRichmond.com, and the ESPN 950 app. Nationals get a win yesterday, 15-2 over Milwaukee. They begin a three-game series with Colorado tonight. Coverage starts at 6.30 on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Squirrels look to get back in the win column tonight after losing 5-3 last night. They play game two in their series versus Erie. First pitch at the Diamond is at 7.05. NASCAR Pocono this weekend qualifying Sunday morning at 11 a.m. That'll be just four hours before the green flag drops on the Monster Energy Series race. Virginia Tech is scheduled a two-game series with BYU for 2026 and 2030. The Hokies will get their home game first in that series. Liberty's announced a five-game series with the Hokies with two of them in Lynchburg. Also, the Flames have added two more games in their current series with Old Dominion University. You're up to date now on the Richmond Sports Center at 1234, live at Redskins Training Camp. Mitchell Bradley on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. City Dogs is the proud sponsor of Sportphone with Big Al. Live from Washington Redskins Training Camp. Heard daily from 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Who doesn't love pizza? Order any menu item online at PapaJohns.com and receive 30% off with a promo code ESPN950. That's only at PapaJohns.com. From the NFL. He's probably going to reset the running back market. To college. The football season never ends. Counting down to kickoff every day on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
Live from Washington Redskins training camp, this is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue Midday Show with Matt and Andrew. On ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins training camp on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Welcome back. It's the midday show here brought to you by Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. I read that already. I'll do it again. There's two locations just around the corner, 1119 North Boulevard, the newest location, 8205 West Broad Street in the West End. Don't forget El Clasico comes to Miami Saturday with Real Madrid taking on Barcelona at 755 Eastern. Don't miss any of the action on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, in Spanish on ESPN2 and streaming live on the ESPN app. Uh, 620950 is the phone number, 638 the text line. Tweet us at MidMajorMatt, at AWOL ESPN, or you can watch us on Facebook Live, much like our good friend Kevin is. Yeah. What up, Kev? If you watch, you can see how much of a corny person Andrew is. Oh, corny is the, a terrible word. I prefer prefer goofy up to shenanigans. Keeping it entertaining. Matt's over here handling the information. I'm trying to interact with you guys. What's up? Uh, so... We have uh, Jamie Eisberg coming up in about 10 minutes. We're going to break before then, uh, kind of going over some headlines here. Uh, I mean, we're still, you know, in that early point where some teams have not reported yet to training camp. Uh, Joe Flacco uh, has been a headline. Uh, Flacco says his back is stiff, but week one is not in doubt. Of course, this is early enough in anybody's training camp that, you know, an injury is not going to kill anybody. Right. It's not truly relevant, but certainly something for fantasy owners to keep an eye on as they progress, especially if you're in a year-to-year league. I don't know why anyone in their right mind would keep Joe Flacco unless you're in a dynasty league. Correct. Um, Tyler Eifert says he's 100% healthy. Uh, He's a huge weapon for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Him and A.J. Green are are a very nice tandem. Uh, Eifert has 18 touchdowns in 21 games over the past two seasons and could be a legit tight end one. Um, the Seahawks, for some reason, have taken a flyer on Eagles' first-round draft pick, Marcus Smith. Mm. I don't know why. Marcus Smith was a bust, and he uh, and uh, I mean the Seahawks don't need that much from him, but maybe they'll be able to. Uh, who knows? Well, normally I would argue with you on the word bust, but I think Marcus Smith is probably the definition of the word bust. So. The uh, Ravens have signed a quarterback. It is not Colin Kaepernick. It is uh, David Olson. Um, the funny thing is I'm reading on rotoworld.com, you're forgiven if you've never heard of Olsen, a champion's indoor football product. Uh, now 25, Olsen rode the pine behind Andrew Luck at Stanford before transferring to Clemson where he attempted three passes as a senior in 2014. Olsen's college coach, Jim Harbaugh, vouched for him to brother John Harbaugh, and Colin Kaepernick is still out there. The NFL Newswire is a little shallow right now when we're talking about the signing of an Arena League quarterback. Well, it's not so much that. It's more of, you know... Colin Kaepernick has another opportunity, and he doesn't fall short. So we'll see. Uh, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said on SiriusXM that uh, he expects a decision imminently on the Ezekiel Elliott uh, investigation. 
Well, we know the Cowboys are good at making quick decisions, maybe too rash of maybe decisions. Maybe they'll cut him. Yeah, maybe they'll cut him. Maybe they'll cut him and th- that way because he's such a bad person, apparently. But, I mean, it's a weird situation. It's not so much a he said, she said. There's, you know, they've had trouble trying to find the person. And, and there's, you know, between that and the speeding ticket and the club incident, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's been in the headlines a little bit too much. It's really not been a good month. And, ironically, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about right now was more spread out over the course of the year when it actually went down, but it just seems like he's dealing with the ramifications of his actions all right at the worst possible time. Uh, Browns coach Hugh Jackson said second-round quarterback uh, Deshaun Kaiser progressing faster than expected. Jackson said that he's understanding the offense, um, that he, if he continues this clip, he'll be soon taking most of the first-team reps. Cody Kessler is winning that fantastic quarterback oh, battle. Man, what a duel. <laughs> Uh, just a reminder, RG3 could not crack that group or was not good enough to beat out Deshaun Kaiser or Cody Kessler, and so they said goodbye. But apparently he looked good enough with the Chargers for people to comment on it. Well, so. He looked good enough for the Chargers to go trade for Cardell Jones. There you go. So while Robert Griffin III is still trying to get a job in the NFL, um, it's unfortunately not happening for him. Um, Let's go back to our list of players we were talking about. You mentioned Isaiah Ford. I mentioned Mo Ali Cox. Uh, you know, there's a lot of state guys out there that are playing for a bunch of teams. One is on your roster, and I know that uh, William Stanback only played one year for Virginia Union. He did the most of his work at, at, at Central Florida, but whenever I scan the rosters and I see Virginia Union come up, it's a rare thing. We used to have David Mims. He used to be an offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. I don't think he's still in the league. Uh, but William Stanback, a running back with the Green Bay Packers, representing Virginia Union in the NFL. And really, it it is a good team to be on right now because I do believe in Ty Montgomery, but anytime you're dealing with a conversion at one of the key positions, key skill positions in the NFL, you have a shot to make that roster. The Packers got rid of Crockett, so one of their guys they were kind of working on as a project player. So he could be one of those practice squad guys. He could be one of the guys that they use as a project. Uh, yeah, so... Um you know, there's a, there's a bunch of Richmond Spiders. I know that you had your eyes on Brian Brown in, in Dallas. I mean, there's a potential opportunity there. I like Brian Brown a lot, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because I do agree with when we talked to John Barshard yesterday. I don't think that our guy, Winston defensive Craig. tackle Winston Craig, will be able to make the roster for the Eagles. But I do think Brian Brown has a chance if he can maybe do something on special teams to prove that he belongs. And at the very least, I do I would go ahead and say it's a safe bet that he'll be on the practice squad for sure. We'll see. I mean, it's a good opportunity. Practice squads are just as good. You know, you get to – I think the practice squad travels with the team, and if they don't, they get they still get a lot of opportunities. I mean, if we're going to stick with the Spiders, I think everybody's got to watch out for Tim Hightower in San Francisco. Looking yeah. forward to when we talk to our San Francisco guy to see. I mean, Carlos Hyde's a walking injury, so if uh, Tim Hightower can beat out some of the other guys in that roster – uh, Tim Hightower could be a very nice piece in San Francisco. Yeah, he had some really good games with the Saints, and it's always a good sign when you constantly get NFL tryouts and you actually make the roster, you get on the team, and Tim Hightower is a guy who qualifies for that. I mean, how many years has he been? I feel like he's been in the league for seven, six or seven years now at least. Yeah. Right. So he's been around the block, and he still gets the attention that he deserves as a journeyman in the NFL. Uh, another guy that we're going to talk to tomorrow just got the confirmation from the Minnesota Vikings. Looking forward to Bucky Hodges and what he can do in that offense because they need more weapons, and Bucky Hodges, we know, can be a big-time guy, and he's joining the show 1230 tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk to him. I mean, a lot of the conversation last year was, was he going to be a wide receiver or tight end in the NFL? With Kyle Rudolph, certainly the roster there doesn't need a tight end, but I really can only name you Kyle Rudolph, so there is 
a little bit of room probably for him at that spot. And then Teddy Bridgewater can always use a reliable target as he has been banged up, and he really hasn't shown any sort of consistency partially due to that. 622-0950 is the phone number. Let's take a timeout. Coming up after this break, uh, Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports will join us and your opportunity to win a fantasy football magazine from CBS Sports after this. You're listening to ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. You are listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins training camp on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Our coverage is brought to you by Uptown Alley Richmond, Kelleher HVAC, and Town Bank. Now, a sports reflection from Town Bank. The lacing of a Major League Baseball must have precisely 108 stitches, and the circumference must be between 9 and 9 and a quarter inches. Town Bank, this is your town. This is your bank. Equal housing lender member FDIC. Now, a sports reflection from Town Bank. The recommended interval between marathons is 16 weeks, but in 2006, Dean Carnassus ran one per day in each of the 50 states. Town Bank, this is your town. This is your bank. Equal housing lender member FDIC. Cooking out with the family this weekend? Add some sizzle to your soiree with Philly Gourmet All-American Badass Burgers. They're juicy, delicious, 100% beef, made in the USA with true grit and American pride. Look for Philly Gourmet Beef Patties, thick and juicy, Angus, and new Angry Steer Sirloin Burgers. Guaranteed to turn summer cookouts into All-American Philly Gourmet Badass Blowouts. Don't be a bubba. Get your Philly Gourmet All-American Badass Burger on. Family owned and operated. Redskins fans, be part of Redskins training camp in Richmond, Virginia. For the fifth straight year, the Burgundy and Gold will train at the state-of-the-art Bon Secours Redskins training center, and you can be on the sideline to watch practice in person. Get started Thursday, July 27th. There are 23 open practices, and admission is free. Go to Redskins.com, click on the training camp tab for all the info. Schedules, parking, 23 open practices July 27th through August 13th. Redskins.com has the details. We'll see you in Richmond for Redskins Training Camp 2017. City Dogs voted one of 10 best hot dog restaurants in Virginia by bestthingsinvirginia.com. Stop by and see for yourself. 1309 West Main Street or 1316 East Cary Street. Get ready to huddle up. When football season returns, so do the Spiders and the Redskins. Your home for college and NFL football all season. ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Live from Washington Redskins training camp, this is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue Midday Show with Matt and Andrew. On ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins training camp on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Day two of Redskins training camp. Half of it is in the books. We are here live. Uh, Matt Joseph's Andrew Wallace taking it up to two o'clock. And of course, with the start of Redskins training camp, that means the first of many appearances on our radio station of our fantasy football expert. He's got a magazine out, the Fantasy Football 2017 Draft Guide. Please go up and pick it up. Uh, Jamie Eisberg. Jamie, how's it going? It's going well, man. How- great, uh, Jamie. It is great to hear from you. Um, uh, first things first, what do you look for when you, uh, you know, go around to all these training camps, uh, especially what do you want to hear from the coaches? Uh, the truth. <laughs> um, you know, you want to hear that everybody's healthy. You want to hear that everybody's there, that everybody's uh you know, doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, you know, it's kind of a, you know, generic thing to say, but they just want to make sure everybody's, uh, you know, getting themselves ready and, and hopefully 100% for the start of uh, the season ready for week one. 
how much do you put stock in if a coach comes out and says, oh, so-and-so had real three really good days of practice. We might see some more from him. How much stock do you put in something like that? Well, I, I think it's, you know, depending on who you're talking about, you know, if it's somebody that we haven't heard anything about in the offseason or, you know, somebody that I'm not excited about, you know, I probably won't get as excited about the, the statement. You know, it's one thing to hear. Like just to give you an example, the, the whole storyline in San Francisco offseason is that they don't like Carlos Hyde and then kind of in a passing statement, uh, general manager John Lynch yesterday said, oh, Carlos Hyde looks great and he's in great shape. Well, are they saying that because maybe they tried to motivate him in the offseason to get in great shape and that he's still going to be their guy? Or are they saying that to maybe drum up some trade interest to a team like Baltimore that's lost one of its primary running? So it's kind of just, you know, seeing what the, you know, reading between the lines, seeing what the truth is. And, you know, I think the thing that I always tell people is, uh, you know, which is somewhat selfish, but, if it's a guy that I like and I hear something glowing, I'll take that and put it in my back pocket. If, I, if it's somebody that I'm not really excited about, I'll kind of just brush it off. One of those examples here in Redskins training camp in Richmond would be Jordan Reed. Obviously, he's been banged up a lot in his career, but he starts out training camp on the pup list, which could translate to him being on the pup list in the regular season. What do you make of that injury? Um, you know, with a guy that's got a track record like him, it's discouraging. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact that the, the, the reports the next day were, you know, something minor and that the team is, is keeping an eye on. Whenever it's injury situation, and there's a lot that we're going to see following at this time of year, there's Andrew Luckett's shoulder, Latavius Murray and his ankle. You know, you can go on and on with the guys that were, you know, young public, Eddie Lacey. Now there's some word out of Seattle that he may not be ready for the start of camp. And George's situation is, is among the biggest. You know, then you start to put him in the tier of uh, fantasy options that he's in, and you stack him up against the guys that may or may not be worse or safer drafting him over. You know, and you talk about with, with Jordan Reed, it's Jimmy Graham, it's Greg Olson. You know, I, I think those are the guys that are kind of jockeying for three, three through five. And maybe now you drop Reed down a couple spots. But uh, I, I, until, you know, we get to the third preseason game where we're talking about, you know, injuries, especially guys that are on the top list, if they're ready to go, or at least the word is that they're ready to go by the third preseason game, that's when I think you start to really concern yourself about injury situations. Sticking with the skins, there's a lot of excitement around here about rookie running back Samaj P. Ryan, what's his fantasy value, and are there any other rookies in the NFL that you're keeping your eye on? Well, he's definitely you know, and especially when you talk about a situation where Rob Kelly was very good last year when he took over for Matt Jones. But is he a special talent, or is he just a guy? And I think that's what he has to prove, and certainly what Samaj P. Ryan has to prove, that he's better than Kelly. So we were actually just talking about that on our Fantasy Football Day podcast. Uh, that's one of the backfields that you can kind of wait until the middle rounds and get both of them and kind of see what unfolds. You know, we'll, we'll get a better idea, you know, as we go through the preseason action and how those guys perform. Uh, right now I have P. Ryan about six spots higher than Rob Kelly because I do think he's a better cat. I think he'll prove that, but uh, I have no problem taking both those guys and just seeing how it plays itself out. Uh, let's uh, One more on the Redskins. Let's stick with the passing game. Kirk Cousins has some new weapons with Terrell Pryor here, Josh Doxson. Uh, both are taller receivers, so we'll see a different type offense than we would, did with uh, Jackson and Garcon. Where do you have Doxson and Pryor in your list? Doxson, I think, still is a late-round flyer. You know, I, I, I hope that this proves himself, uh, but we got to see it first. And I, I still think he's, you know, when you factor in the, the tight ends, I still think he's fourth in terms of, you know, going to be in terms of targets. Uh, prior, you got to be excited about it. He has 1,000 yards with a terrible quarterback situation. Kirk Cousins is going to be the best quarterback that he's played with, so believe that he takes the performance that he shows Cleveland, carries that over to Washington, and puts up huge numbers. You know, he's a borderline number one fantasy option, certainly a high-end number two, a guy you're looking at toward the back end of round three, beginning of round four. Uh, but I would still put David McCrowder um, in terms of the Redskins receivers. I'm really excited about him. Uh, you know me a long time. I get excited about 30-year receivers still. 
and he's entering his third year, did enough in his first two seasons to sort of take that step where you're looking for that third-year breakout. And I think when you talk about rapport, Doxon has very little with Kirk Cousins. Pryor has none. That's the guy he's going to lean on in terms of Crowder. And if Jordan Reed is out for an extended period of time, we saw it last year. Crowder's numbers pop when Reed wasn't there. So uh, Crowder's a, a guy that keeps flying up my draft board. I'm really excited to take him in almost every league that I get a chance to do so. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Jamie Eisenberg and check out his work on CBSSports.com and go get the magazine, Beckett Sports Fantasy Football 2017 Draft Guide. Jamie, uh, I remember last year listening to the podcast and Dave Richard talked about how irrelevant the Eagles' offense was in terms of fantasy value. Well, then they go out and get Blunt. They get Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. Where does that now put them in terms of fantasy relevance? You know, they still have a lot to prove. Uh, You know, Carson Wentz did very good things when he had a competent offensive line, specifically when Lane Johnson was active and not suspended. You saw it in the beginning part of the season. You know, he played the first four games, and, and I believe Wentz had three of his four 20-point performances in those three games. And so now you get the return of uh, you know all of his offensive linemen for the most part. You get weapons around him with Jeffrey, with Torrey Smith. You know, you, you hope that Jordan Matthews can sort of you know show what he, he did the first couple of seasons. Uh, so there's lots to like about this offense, but um, Garrett Blunt's 30 years old. You know he's coming off a Super Bowl victory. Uh, I always get nervous about those situations when a guy that that age played a lot of time and, and, and all the carries. You know, 299 carries is a lot for a 30-year-old running back. So uh, Jeffrey's the guy that's going to be drafted as a, a high-end number two guy. You know, probably in that round three, round four range. Um, Matthew Smith and more late-round flyers. I I still think the best is yet to come for Zach Ertz. So he's somebody that I target in almost every league because we saw four games at the end of the 2015 season, nine games at the end of the 2016 season. Hopefully we get 16 games of good performance from him. And then I think if you're looking for a late-round flyer as a running back, this is a, a, a team you could look at, Wendell Smallwood. You know, he's on just late-round dart throw. He's a great late-round potential sleeper that could turn into a great fantasy option. Let's turn to the arch nemesis of these Washington Redskins, the Dallas Cowboys. Could be a sophomore slump for two fantasy superstars. People really don't realize how dominant Dak Prescott was. They gave him a lot of a rep as just kind of a game manager, but he really put up some good fantasy numbers. And then you have Ezekiel Elliott, of course, who has some off-the-field issues, but put up great numbers as well last year. What do you think of those two guys and the Cowboys in general? Yeah, you know, they're a version of the triples again. You know, when you factor in Des, So uh, Dak is somebody I think that uh, if his average draft position comes down a little bit, I'll be more excited about it. He's being drafted as a top-ten quarterback. If you're talking about leagues worth four points for passing touchdowns, I'm okay with it. Six points for passing touchdowns. I think we see the interceptions go up a little you know, last year. So a fifth will be a little bit of a concern for him, potentially. Uh, Zeke, you know, we're, we're kind of just sitting here waiting for the suspension. And, and if any news comes down that he's going to miss one, two, maybe more games, um, that's going to really determine if he's still a top three overall pick. He's not getting out of the first round unless it's an eight-game suspension or something like that. So he's going to be an elite-level guy again because that offensive line is tremendous. And then Des Bryant is still a guy that he's taking at the back end of the first, early second round. Uh, brutal you know, he's got to face Norman twice, uh, the Giants cornerback twice. Uh, it's a really tough situation for him, but he's such a dominant player and so good in the red zone. It's hard to overlook his potential, especially when he's 100% healthy. We got about one minute, Jamie. Um, the Le'Veon Bell situation, uh, if he doesn't show up to camp, are we worried at all? And does that change his draft stock at all if he doesn't show up to camp until later? I, I really was 1-1A one one between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell with, with Bell ranked first uh, all preseason. And when uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL yesterday that it could be several weeks. You know, it just made the uh, decision easy for me to put Johnson ahead of Le'Veon Bell. So right now he's two. I'm not going to move him behind that unless he's out for the start of the season. But um, you saw it last year. Basically, every time he's on the field, he's he's arguably the best player in football, certainly the best running back in football. And 
I just hope he's ready for week one. You know, so uh, until we get anything different, you got to draft him in the first three overall picks. Uh, it's an easy situation, you know, to, to go get James Conner, the rookie that they drafted, who looks to be the number two guy, get him with a late-round pick. Because as we saw when D'Angelo Williams stepped in last year, the last couple of years, he's been a very serviceable fantasy backup. So hopefully Bell's ready to go. But, yeah, it's, uh, it, it just, you know, made it, for, for me, for example, easy to take David Johnson first now. Um, you should follow Jamie on Twitter, at Jamie Eisenberg. Pick up the magazine on newsstands, and he'll join us each week during camp, and then he'll be on with Greg during the football season to get you set for your fantasy football drafts. Jamie, feels good to be talking football. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, enjoy your time out there, guys. Good to talk to you. All right, uh, that is uh, Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports. One hour down, one more to go. Coming up in hour number two, we'll replay Josh Norman at the podium. We'll do our position battle of the day, talking about the running backs. We'll also give you your chance to win a magazine or two, and uh, we'll provide all that. One hour down, one more to go, ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. You are listening to live exclusive coverage from Washington Redskins training camp on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Our coverage is brought to you by Pizza Hut, Arthur's Electric, and 1-800-HURT-123. Pig out at Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue as we give back 10% of food sales to our Helping Hams charity each Monday. Stop by for Buzz's award-winning hickory smoked baby back beef or mouth-watering spare ribs every Monday night between 6 and 10 p.m. this month. Benefiting the Keep America Beautiful Foundation, whose mission is to engage and unite Virginians to improve our natural and scenic environment. For more information, log on to buzzandneds.com or visit the original Buzz and Ned's at 1118 North Boulevard in The Fan or Buzz's newest location at 8205 West Broad Street in the West The 2017 Lexus NX exemplifies the perfect blend of form, function and performance in a package fit for the trail or the town. The NX leaves nothing behind with ample cargo space. Refined yet rugged, the 2017 NX has set the standard by which all other crossovers are judged. Take advantage of savings on the LUV of your dreams during Lexus of Richmond's Golden Opportunity Sales Event. If you've ever been diagnosed with prostate cancer, the Prostate Cancer Educational Institute of Virginia wants to help. These guys hope you'll join them in their monthly meetings where men openly discuss their concerns with others who have already been through it. Their next meeting is August 2nd at 6.30 p.m. in the Radiation Oncology Waiting Room, 6605 West Broad Street in the old Reynolds Metals Complex. For more info, visit prostate.club or call 266-7762. That's prostate.club. This is Big Al. I'm sitting here with the barbecue baron of the boulevard and West Broad, and that's Buzz from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. You have a great bar area at West Broad location, 8205 West Broad. Oh, yeah. And I know you have uh, 70 different bourbons. Just about 70. Well, they're bourbons and American whiskeys. I have selected each one of those personally by sampling every single bottle that goes in that bar. No, 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 no. It takes a while. (laughs) We give you value for your money. Uh, There's no other 100% wood cooked barbecue around here. When you have somebody who's at the helm who really cares about what goes on and what goes out, cares about his customers, who hasn't changed a process or a recipe since he's been in business. It's that undying, uncompromising spirit that Buzz and Ed has uh, that will, will never go away as long as I'm here. WXGI Richmond, WTPS Petersburg, ESPN 950. And now in the Tri-Cities at 102.7 FM and 1240 AM.
is XM Channel 80 and the ESPN app. We're counting down to the start of the NFL season. Six weeks until kickoff. Kirk Cousins now playing on that franchise tag for the second season in a row. Both sides say that's not what they're focused about. The Redskins are trying to piece together another winning season. That would be three in a row. They haven't had three winning seasons in a row since the early 90s. Counting down the kickoff presented by Indeed.